I'm Tyler Curtis Southard, and this is the Weekly Podcast. Midcoast, Maine is a beautiful place to work and live, with many offerings for those who love to get into the outdoors in their free time. The area is a blend of landscapes featuring mountains, wetlands, lakes, rivers, fields, and forests, all tucked up against the North Atlantic. Georgia's River Land Trust has been working for decades to protect these lands and make them accessible to the public with a number of preserves and trails. I spoke with Meg Rasmussen, Executive Director for Georgia's River Land Trust, to learn more about their mission. Thank you, Meg, for joining us today. Uh, we're here in your offices in Rockland. And before we get into uh, what George's River Land Trust does, can you talk a little bit about yourself and how you came to work for this organization? Sure. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to do this. It's a great chance to talk to people. It's nice. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, yeah. So I've always been an outdoor girl. You know, I grew up going, running around the fields and playing in the wetlands and swimming and just hiking, just love to be outside. So um, it wasn't really a great surprise that I um, chose a career as a landscape architect. And I always was working mostly in public spaces. I worked in Central Park. I helped create bikeways around Manhattan. Uh, I worked on playgrounds. I worked, you know, turning industrial sites along the Hudson River into beautiful waterfront parks. Uh, And so when a job came up in Maine, you know, I jumped because I love Maine. We've been coming up here for over 20 years uh, and just was looking for kind of the next thing to do. And um, land trust like George's River Land Trust is for me, it's just a a dream job because of the work we do. And when did you make that transition up to Maine? Uh, Four years ago. Yes. Yes. The coldest uh, January (laughs) imaginable. (laughs) Is that the one with all the storms one after another? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was a fun year. That was good though. Uh, so you talk about the uh, uh, the history behind Georgia's River Land Trust and how this organization came to be in the first place. Sure. So um, it started in 1987, you know, um, with people wanting to make a difference. Uh, it started with a small group of people around a kitchen table in St. George talking about that there were several uh, large out-of-state real estate companies buying up land and subdividing it. And they knew that there are special places that needed to be preserved. And so um, they're thinking about how to do it. Um, They kind of put up uh, an invitation to a public meeting and 80 people showed up. So there was consensus to move forward and create a nonprofit land trust. And that's how it all started. So very grassroots. Yeah, it seems natural too for this area because there is a lot of different outdoor things for people to do. So I, I can see the, the necessity to have that in place. Yeah, exactly. And it's great that, you know, people, people taking action, that was, um, you know, that's our, that's our origin story. And what is a role, what's the role of a land trust and what does George's River do here locally? Yeah. So we basically, in a nutshell, we help people conserve the places they love. You know, we make sure that they can have access to these great places. So, you know, people individually wouldn't be able to do all this by themselves. So we're the partner that puts it all together and makes it happen for all of us. 
Um, and we work in the land that surrounds the St. George River. So really from Montville, uh, up at the top of our watershed, we call it, that's all the land that drains into the Georges River, uh, all the way down to Muscungus Bay, the um, Cushing, and St. George. So it's all of those towns in between. Beautiful place. And you work with a lot of landowners and property owners to uh, take some of their property and put into uh conservation. Can you talk about how that process works? Sure. Those are called conservation easements and uh, a landowner who wants to um, um, put a restriction on the deed of their property so that it would not be developed in the future um, comes to us and we take a look at it. We see whether it is in a location that we are working in. Uh, We have these things called focus areas where we've done an analysis And we've determined that those places have particularly high wildlife habitat value or scenic value or are, you know, just great places, um, that we think for, um, that, that should be conserved in our, in our watershed. Uh, and so we can work with those landowners, uh, individually. On the uh, flip side too, we take a look at where we might become landowners ourselves and we're trying to, um, make a big difference in protecting those places where um, a larger scale of conservation is needed. And it also makes great places for people then to get outdoors. So if someone's listening to this and they have some land they're thinking about putting into a conservation, they would just approach you? (laughs) Yes. We want the number? (laughs) 594-5166. Yes. And what are some of the benefits for the land owner as along with the conservation of the actual land itself. Yeah, you know, that's the main motivator is that people love where they live, they love their land. It's um, you know particularly special in in locations that we're um, working in. And um they uh so that's the main benefit that they know that it will be protected really in perpetuity um conserved. And uh in addition to that, there are some uh tax benefits too that come to the landowner um because the value of the property then uh is um decreased for development and so there are tax implications with that. But you know, really I think most people uh are looking to do this because they you know, they, they love Maine, they love this place, and they want to see it um, conserved in, in some ways. Why is it so important to have these conservation areas in the first place? And what would our area look like if maybe we did not have these in place? Yeah. So, you know, the, the benefits of people being able to get outdoors and connect with nature are really well documented, right? You know, there's uh, just mental health benefits, you know, the peace and quiet and respite of getting out to a beautiful place. Uh, there are uh, health benefits because if you like to get outdoors, you're most likely moving. Uh, uh, you know, uh, so people love to recreate, uh, fish and hike and, um, you know, all mountain bike, all kinds of things that you can do outside um, for recreation. And those make us feel good and they make us healthy. And in addition, you know, having some land set aside in communities makes those places more desirable for people to move, to live. Um, so they're, they're good for communities uh, as well. And along with what you're doing through the Georges River Corridor, you're also working with other organizations to expand more um, trust across the area. Can you talk about the 12 Rivers Initiative? Sure. The 12 Rivers Initiative was a, um, started out as a, as a kind of a, coalition of 12 land trusts. Uh, so taking a look at, well, how could we, instead of 
focusing just on our own river watersheds, work together on a more regional scale. So it's a planning group, and they have mapped out areas where um, land is particularly valuable for climate resiliency, where there are particular uh, places that should be conserved. Uh, and then the, the connections, the corridors between those places have been uh, mapped out. And so it's sort of pooling our resources to work together with our neighboring land trust to make a difference more on a regional scale. So working regionally, working on, on our watershed scale, and also working very, very locally in people's backyards. And how many acres of conservation area does George's River serve uh, today? We have over 4,000. We have about 4,100 acres. Um, and I would say, you know, a really great example of a, of a um, success story in terms of conservation is uh, our cross-cushing preserve. That is a... Um, that is a fog forest, if you will. It's a mossy ground and evergreens, and it's right there on the coast. So when the fog rolls in, it's just magic. Uh, and that came about because a local community wanted to protect some land adjacent to their neighborhood. And so we helped them do that. So there's protected open space, and there is a beautiful public trail in there. And so that's the kind of preserves that we have. So a great deal of our acreages are in, in our 19 preserves, and then the rest are in conservation easements with local landowners. And how many trails or miles of trails do you have as well? We have 61 miles of trails. Wow. <laughs> and that you know, is a lot for a land trust if you look into it. And what we have is this um, trail called the Georgia's Highland Path. And if anybody wants to um, go to our website, uh, make a little uh, donation to us, we will send you the map of where all those trails are. So they're in sections, um, really, uh, from, from Searsmont uh, and um, Liberty all the way down to St. George. And um, it's varied, really. The trails, some of them go along the Georges River, some of them get you to beautiful spots uh, on the coast, uh, and some of them afford you really beautiful views of wetlands and and long views up in uh, Appleton, you know, of the blueberry lands up there. So um, it's really worth checking out the where they all are and you know ticking them off your list. <laughs> They're great. And at the heart of this is the Georges River. Can you talk about the canoe trail sure. that is all part of this? Yeah. So that's another thing on our website, georgesriver.org. Uh, there's a free map that shows the canoe trail where we have uh, located places where people can pop their canoe or kayak in. We're showing where the rapids are. Uh, you know, we show where the portages are. You know, of course, you know, use your good judgment when you're out there. Uh, make sure that uh, the conditions are right for you and your level. Uh, but, you know, the it's really cool because way up in the northern part of our um, watershed, there is a, a section of the river that's, you know, just, it, it, it feels like you're in way northern Maine, right? It's really kind of a world away. And then there's also sections down by Thomaston, where if you catch the tide right and go up the river with the tide, it's a whole different landscape, really different experience. And both of them are just, they're magic. They're really great. So I encourage people to get out and experience those, those different things along the river. How long would it take to do the whole stretch nonstop? 
You know, it would take probably more than a day. You know, there's kind of, there's, uh, I think it would take it more than that. I've never done the whole thing, you know, all the way. I've done sections, uh, but and it's more like that kind of experience. Mm. I would say it's um, it's it's better to sort of pick a, a section and pop in, and then get get to where you're going, and then uh, get your canoe out. So you gotta hop along day after day and try different parts of it. <laughs> right. Do people? take other like kayaks and other vessels down other than canoes oh or? absolutely yeah and there's places where probably a kayak might be um, good because it's a little bit shallow but i'll tell you the wildlife along the way and the on the georges river you know it's one of the cleanest rivers in maine and there's bald eagles there's otters there's beavers you know the fish are um, you know native trouts and alewives and I'm just trying to think of all the different bird species I see, you know, every time I go out there. So it's really very rich uh, in wildlife and, and scenery. Going back to your trails and preserves, what are some of the most popular ones that are, you know, most frequent by locals and, and people coming to visit? Yeah. So as I mentioned, there's 19. So you can always find one pretty nearby where you are. But um, we have several that are, you know, um, more popular, I think, uh, get get more use. And one of them, I would say, is the Riverview Hayfields Preserve in South Thomaston. That's a grassland habitat. And birds, it's really birds, birds, birds. So if you are a bird watcher, you can go out there in all kinds of seasons and see really interesting raptors and bobolinks, which are a particular uh, species of grassland birds. Very pretty. Um, and... Um, so that one is, um, that's terrific. It's, you can get on to the Bobolink Trail right, right off of 131 if you're heading down the peninsula to St. George. Uh, the other place we have, which is really a fun uh, trip, is the Langley Sculpture Preserve in Cushing. And that is the um, home, uh, studio, and um, showcase of artist Bernard uh, Langley, who was a you know, really renowned main artist. So there's large scale, whimsical wooden sculptures out, outdoors and you can, um, you can walk around. And on weekends, there are volunteer stewards who will tell you a little bit about things. And I'll mention that that also is the only intact main artist studio, um, in Maine. So you can see that when that, when that's open on the weekends. I imagine that was probably a favorite for the kids to see that it is yeah they can really connect because they are uh you know they're they're just um like i said whimsical they're accessible um and the trail that circles around there is universally accessible so um yeah it's a really fun um time you can bring a picnic and hang out it's great and you talked about some of this already, but when someone goes out to these preserves and these trails, what are some of the, the ex things that they'll experience and see? Yeah. So um, I will mention Ash Point Preserve in Owlshead. That is a really beautiful little hike uh, through um, kind of coastal forest that ends up just in a rocky main shoreline that's just iconic and beautiful. And the views out... Uh, to the islands are just spectacular. So if you're hankering for that kind of experience, you can go there. Um, we also have this really interesting um, uh, forestry trail on the Appleton Preserve in Appleton. And that shows the different 
um, stages that a forest goes through after it is uh, managed for timber, uh, sustainably managed for timber. And that's an interesting way to see how that landscape changes and what grows up and you know what happens in a landscape after that. And with all these preserves and miles of trails, I'm assuming it takes a lot of effort to maintain all this. Can you talk about how that's uh, all done with your organization? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, we have uh, board members, we have staff, and we have volunteers. You know, as I mentioned, we're we're a very grassroots organization, so uh, we have all kinds of uh, active help in, in all of this. Um, and we also have. Um, Terrific business partners, which which help us um, by donating um, materials and expertise and things like that. So it's really um, kind of takes us all to do it. Like, for example, on our trails, we have, um, it's called a stew crew, which is short for stewardship crew. And every Thursday they meet and they go to a trail and they really, um, they're a kind of a rocking group. They, it's very hands-on. If you like a chainsaw, you know, <laughs> this is for you. If you like to build things, they do bridging, uh, they clear trails, they, they maintain trails, they cut new trails. Um, it's, a, it's a happy bunch. It's really great socially, too. So that's really fun. So every Thursday. And um, then we have our uh, conservation program has uh, volunteers who help uh, advise on the type of projects we undertake. And then they also do a lot of really cool kind of hands-on stuff, controlling invasive species uh, and making a difference for biodiversity and climate change and things like that. Uh, and then we also have volunteers, you know, they're our most outgoing, fun-loving volunteers <laughs> to help with fundraising and events and things like that. So um, we also have people who do office work. So you, there really is the gamut. If anybody's looking to get involved and make a difference, uh, we, we, we can certainly use your help. So this is a good mixture of full-time staff and also volunteers that make this all happen. Exactly right. Exactly right. And I would say, you know, our, our board of directors too, just very hardworking, um, thoughtful people, um, uh, really guiding the organization forward. Uh, so there's sort of all those, all those levels. Yes. And along with the, the work your staff does to maintain these trails and uh, keep the office going, uh, I'm sure some of that is getting the funds and gathering uh, resources to keep keep the bills paid and keep everything flowing here. You talk about how uh, Georgia's River gets their funding? Yes, mostly from individuals who love this part of Maine. You know, our donor base is very broad. We have people who give us 20, $25 and we have people who give us $10,000. And really, we need them all. Um, we have uh, fundraising events such as our annual garden tour. We have terrific business partners who sponsor events and sponsor our trails and get involved with us that way. And we also get grants when we are buying properties. We can apply for grants to help with that and to fund our educational programs. Um, so it's really a, a mix of of funding, but mostly I would say we rely on, you know, our community to support us in the work that we're doing together with them. That's great. And can you talk about some of these other projects and programs that uh, you have here? Sure. So we're focusing our work on climate right now. Um, you know, there's really kind of a double whammy going on um, with development and climate change. So one thing we're doing is this cool grasslands project at the Riverview Hayfields where I mentioned there are grassland bird species. And that is to, um, you know, help 
support those populations and work with the farmers because these um, these grasslands get hayed. They get hayed at certain times uh, to avoid uh, impacting the nesting of these mm. ground nesting birds. Uh, but it, so it helps this program that we're doing uh, in. Um, uh, in uh, collaboration with the Somerset County Soil and Water Conservation District and Cornell Lab of Ornithology, um, it's called Ag Allies, mm-hmm. uh, not only helps the grasslands be more productive, but it also helps those grassland species. So it's helping the farmer and it's helping the wildlife. And that is just, that's a great, um, that's a great collaboration as far as we're concerned. Uh, so we've also got after school and summer camp programs at the Langley Sculpture Preserve. Really fun. Um, we have volunteer stewards uh, at the Langley Sculpture Preserve. So if you love art and want to, you know, kind of get involved in anything like that, um, those are great opportunities. Um, and you can also go to our website, um, georgesriver.org, to find out about events and you know walk and talk. We call them walk and talks. Um, for people to get out and kind of just learn about what's in the, you know, incredible outdoor places around us. And you find that people are kind of surprised and amazed of what's right here in their backyard. Yes. And, you know, I think most people are curious um, about the animal species that live here. And then the other really cool thing I think is there's a lot of um, history in the lands that we have. There's foundations. We have one trail called the Canal Path, and that's up in Appleton. And actually, you can see the structure of these old canals and mills and things like that along the way. So we have um, all kinds of rich um, history and rich wildlife, um, fun things to do here. Um, So we try to really highlight those things. And what is the future vision for Georgia's River Land Trust in terms of their conservation efforts, preserves, and and expansion of trails in the area? Well, I mentioned, you know, it's this double whammy, we call it the double whammy, of a a development boom and climate change at the same time. So those are definitely challenges um, as far as um, our, our conservation work goes. So, but what we're going to do is to conserve a thousand acres of the most important landscapes in this region. Uh, we're going to, we have a five-year plan that we just uh, ratified and we're going to look at where we could make the most difference and we are going to conserve those places. And on this, at the same time, we're going to conserve what we call community gems. And those are maybe smaller places that uh, people love to get to. They may not you know, be hundreds of acres. It may be a smaller piece, but it might have a terrific view. It might have um, access to the river. You know, it might have, um, it might be next door to a school. So there, you know, we're looking at places where we can connect not only on big scale, but also small, small local scale. Um, We want to make our preserves really great family-friendly destinations. So we're working to, um, uh, uh, take a look at all of our preserves and kind of tease out like, wow, what's really special about this place? What can we highlight here? What can we program here? How can we make this better? And so we're working on that. We want to keep up our really good work on the trails that we have, uh, make sure that people can enjoy them. They're well-maintained and they are um, really attractive for people in the community, a great resource. Um, and as I mentioned too, you know, about, we want to help species adapt to climate change on our preserves through, uh, enhancing biodiversity and, um, really addressing, uh, 
invasive species. So there's really some hands-on things we're doing, you know, very much, you know, on the ground and through education. Uh, so we're really focusing on those areas and we're really excited to be a part of positive work here that makes a difference um, for what everybody loves so much about this area of Maine. And can you tell our listeners uh, once more how they can help or how they can get involved with this? Sure. Now, there's all kinds of ways, as I, I kind of mentioned, um, you know, the, you can sign up and get our newsletter. You can volunteer. That's a great way. Um, you know, you can attend an event, a fundraising event. If you're interested in learning more and being more a part of, um, you know, having input in how our work that we do, we have committees that we'd love you to join. Um, if you're interested in board service, we are, you know, always looking to diversify our perspective. So really at all levels of this organization, we have people participating. And so, you know, pick where you want to be. <laughs> You know, come talk to me. Uh, so, you know, we just would love people to be involved. If, if, if you feel like you could just give us a check, we would love that too. <laughs> really? So however you want to make a difference, we can help you make that difference here. And is there anything else you would like uh, our listeners to know about Georges River Land Trust? You know, I think the main thing is, you know, get out there and enjoy these places. The resources here are um, tremendous that you can um, enjoy. And so we do hope that you, you know, visit our website and become a member, get a trail map, uh, and, and just really get out there and enjoy this place because it's very special here and we, um, we all just love it. And so we want everybody to, uh, to be able to get out and, and have fun like we do. Well, thank you very much, uh, Meg, for joining us today. And yes, do get out. It's highly likely that you probably pass by these trails and preserves every day. I just look out for the sign. They're usually uh, right there on the side of the road and parking is available. Uh, and while the weather is nice, get out and enjoy. And again, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Tyler. It was really, really a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast. We'll be taking a holiday break, but we'll be back again with new episodes in January. In the meantime, feel free to listen to some of our previous episodes from our first season. You can find The Weekly wherever fine podcasts are downloaded or visit one of our news websites. The Weekly is a collaboration between the Ellsworth American, Courier Gazette, Republican Journal, Camden Herald, and Mount Desert Islander, all powered by Village Soup. If you have a comment or suggestion for someone we should talk to, send us an email at theweekly at villagesoup.com. Until next time.